So today we're going to continue our, our series, Conquering, or not Conquering, but Vision 2020, and uh, the power of a focused life. And um, in week one, we talked about the power of vision. We need vision more than we need natural eyes to see. We need spiritual eyes to see. We need spiritual vision, right? What is spiritual vision? Spiritual vision is having a clear mental picture of what God wants to do in your life. Everybody got a will for you. Everybody got a plan for you. If you don't think they do, just ask them. They'll tell you. But what you need to have is God's purpose for your life, God's will for your life. And so it's having a picture. A spiritual vision is having a picture in your heart and in your mind of where God wants you to go and seeing what God wants you to do. It's seeing God's best for your life. It's seeing your life progressing. It's seeing your life making advancement. That's vision. What's your vision for your life? What's your burden? What's your concern? What breaks your heart? What do you want to improve or to get better in your life in this new year? What's your dream? We should be dreaming. We should have vision. We should have anticipation of things moving forward in our life. Are you with me out there? God's a progressive God. He didn't stay in one place ever. His fire always moved. His cloud always moved. He's got something new for you this year. Can I encourage you? God's got fresh wine for you this year. Amen? And so you can have multiple visions in your life, and you should. Like, for instance, you should have a vision for your marriage. You should have a vision for your career. You know, you should have a picture of how your marriage can get better, how you can advance in your career. You should have a vision for your finances, for your family, for your children, for your calling, your ministry. You should have a vision. You should be able to just dream like, what if? You know, Nehemiah had a vision. Remember, he had a vision of the walls broken down in Jerusalem, but he had a vision of rebuilding the walls. Remember that? And, and through this vision, he saw those walls already built. And when everybody else just saw rubble and they saw nothing, Nehemiah saw something that the rest of the whole city didn't see. And because he had vision, Nehemiah was able to build those walls. Amen? He got a picture of what he wanted to see changed, he focused his life and he experienced that change. And so you have to get a vision for your life of what you want God to do in your life, what you want God to change in your life. Amen? But once you have a vision, you have to learn how to conquer that vision. You know, in, in Joshua 1.9, it says, Joshua, this was the word of the Lord to Joshua as he was taking over the command of the children of Israel. And he said, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That's a good word. God encouraged Joshua, be strong and courageous. In other words, he's saying, don't allow discouragement to knock you down. Don't allow fear to keep you from moving forward. Be strong, Joshua, and be courageous. Joshua had the spirit of a conqueror, and I believe the Lord wants us to have a spirit of a conqueror. Amen? And so now, you know, whenever you think about, about Joshua, and... um and my, my Siri just came on. I'm, I'm, y'all, somebody gonna have to help me shut her up so I could preach. But, 
She just asked me, what was that you needed? And uh, <laughs> See why you need to be a conqueror? Amen. And so, you know, uh, remember, uh, if you want to see a God-given vision fulfilled in your life, you must develop the spirit of a conqueror. Remember when Joseph received his vision from the Lord, he received it through dreams, right? In fact, Joseph had two dreams. Number one, he, his first dream, Joseph and his brothers were binding sheaves out in the field. Remember that? And, uh, and, um, when suddenly Joseph's sheaves just rose up and stood upright and his brother's sheaves gathered around his and bowed down to it. And then he had another dream and his other dream was the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars were bowing down to him. And so Joseph's father, Jacob had an idea of what these dreams meant right away. He, he knew that this had something to do with the destiny of Joseph. And it says in Genesis 37:10, the time, this time he told the dream to his father as well as to his brothers, but his father scolded him. What kind of dream is that? He asked. Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered what the dreams meant. See, God was giving Joseph a vision for his life. And the way that he did it is through these dreams. God was giving Joseph a vision. And we have to have a vision. You know, people without a vision, remember we talked about last week, they have no focus in their life. They have no direction in their life. They wake up, they don't know which way they're going, they don't know what they're doing, they just wait to see what the weather's doing, well, how, you know, what's going on around the city, whatever. No, you gotta have a focus in your life. You have to have a dream for your life. And you see, Joseph realized the fulfillment of this promising vision for the future of his life but he, before he realized that he had to learn how to break through the barriers. He had to be a conqueror. And here's the lesson we must all learn, that God has a great vision for each of our lives. It's not just for Joseph, right? And in Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. God has a special vision for each and every one of us. Now, what I love about that verse, Jeremiah 29, 11, that there's not some, there's not some, uh, exceptions there. There's not some uh, caveats like, oh, I got a plan for you unless you make a wrong decision, unless you go out in left field. No, God says, I got a plan for you. Even when you make mistakes, even when you fall down, he says, I got a plan for you. Get up and let's get going. I got a vision for your life. Amen. And so Joseph, he had a special vision and God has a special vision for you. He has a plan for your life. And one thing that you don't want to do is you don't want to live your life and not have a vision for your life. Are y'all still tracking with me? But before you can realize the fulfillment of that, you have to be a conqueror yourself. You have to learn how to work through and, 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 and press spiritually till you see that vision fulfilled in your life. Amen. 
What is a conqueror? A conqueror is someone who overcomes every obstacle standing in his way and secures a decisive victory. That's what a conqueror is. We have to learn how to overcome. How many of you know, just because God gives you a vision, it's not going to fall in your lap. It's not going to come in the mailbox with a, a bow tied around a gift and say, here's your vision. Here's your blessed life. Go and enjoy it. No, how many of you know you got to be a conqueror to enjoy that life? And so there's three steps to conquer your God-given vision for your life. And the first one is this. you got to overcome the voices of negativity. There are two kinds of voices of negativity. There is the external voices and the internal voices. But you must first overcome the external voices of negativity. The bottom line is this. Not everybody is going to support you in your vision for your life. In fact, I think they got some people out there that they get pleasure and try to rain on your parade. Amen. There will be someone who will be negative and not believe in your vision. You know why? Because they won't understand what you're trying to accomplish with your life because they're not seeing what you're seeing. Because you're, you have a spiritual vision of your life. And people, whenever they're just looking through the natural lenses of life, they don't understand God kind of vision. Amen? And unfortunately, sometimes those that are closest to you will be the most negative of all. Remember, some people won't understand your vision because they're not seeing what you see. And so remember, Joseph had to deal with voices of negativity immediately after he had the dreams, right? He received negative words of feedback. In, in Genesis 37.10, the time he told the dream to his father as well as to his brothers, his father scolded him. I mean, you know, that's not support of the vision right there. What kind of dream is that, he asked. Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come down and bow down before you? But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered what the dream meant. So Joseph received voices of negativity from where? Not from people out there, from his own family. Are y'all with me out there? If you want to make positive headway in your life, you can't listen to the external voices of negativity around you. Negative words can hurt and wound. Proverbs 12, 18 says, Thoughtless words can wound as deeply as any sword, but wisely spoken words can heal. So negative words can stop you right in your tracks. And I wonder how many people are sitting on their dream. They're not taking chances to try to get see the vision that God gave them in their heart be fulfilled because somebody said something to them. Listen, how do you overcome the voices of negative negativity in your life? I'll tell you how. You counter it with the promises of God's word. Hey, listen, when the naysayers come around you, remember God's promises. Amen? I love Philippians 4.13. I know you're familiar with it, but it's it's still good. Amen? In verse 13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. In verse 19, and my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Amen? So when the naysayer says you can't, you say the promise of God says I can when the naysayer says you won't, the promise of God says you will. Amen. Don't believe the naysayers. Believe the promises of God's word. Amen. You must also overcome the internal voices of negativity. 
To succeed in God's visions for your life, you have to overcome those internal voices that whisper to you. Those negative voices in your head and in your heart. Do you think the negative words of Joseph's father and brother affected him internally? This is father. This is brothers. I know he wrestled with those negative comments inside of his head. You know, I'm sure he dealt with, maybe they're right. I'm just a dreamer. I'm never, I'm never going to be successful. I'm just a loser. I can't succeed. I'll never amount to anything. The voices of fear, the voices of rejection, the voices of inferiority, the voices of insecurity, all of those voices clamor inside your life and say, you can't fulfill the God's destiny for your life, but you got to overcome those. And I believe Jesus, or Joseph rather, had to get his heart healed from the internal voices before he was able to go from the pit to the palace. And I believe you will too. I believe you're going to have to overcome. Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. You'll never rise above the internal image you have of yourself that was created many times by other voices, what things other people said, by experiences in life. But listen, if you're going to be a conqueror of what God put in your heart, you're going to have to silence those negative words. Amen? I want to encourage you that God wants to give you the grace to be healed, to be delivered, and set free. Amen. In fact, can I just mention in, in January, um, January 24th and 25th, we're going to have a freedom weekend. Why? The purpose of the freedom weekend is to help you get healed, get healed, get your heart healed. It's to break strongholds. It's to break voices that says you're a loser. You're never going to amount to anything. You're never going to listen. Those words. Can't you remember even words whenever you were growing up where people said harsh, hard things to you that cut you to the quick and you still remember those things? I do. And you know, I had to overcome them. I remember a teacher in particular said, you're never going to amount to anything. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on, you might have a failure in your life that's shouting out to you and says, you're just going to always fail. And the Lord, the promise of the Lord says, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Come on, be a conqueror. Don't lay down and let those voices keep you from moving forward. Amen. Come on, if you receive that, say amen. You can register in the lobby today, by the way. The second step to conquering your vision is learn how to navigate life's deep, dark pits. You know, deep, dark pits squelch the vision and the destiny of God. And some people, they got started on their vision. They got started on their destiny. They were making some headway, and then they ended up into a bad time. Not long after Joseph experienced his life-changing vision and dream, remember what happened to him? He ended up in a pit. In verse 23, it says, It came about when Joseph reached his brothers that they stripped Joseph of his tunic, the very colored tunic that was on him, and they took him and threw him into the pit. Now the pit was empty without any water in it. Now that's a picture of how the experiences of life can often unfold, where they take you from the mountaintop of visions and dreams into the pits of life. So after Joseph received this amazing God-inspired dream in his life, where does he find himself? In the pit. Now, most people would have probably given up on the hope and the dream that Joseph had, but not Joseph. 
He kept on going. And so listen, life's experiences can quickly take you into the dark pits of life. Am I, am I telling the truth here? You know, I'm thinking about, you know, what is a pit? You know, a pit in the, in the biblical sense is a hole or a shaft in the ground. But in a spiritual sense, it's a dark, deep, mental, spiritual, emotional experience in your life. Where I'm in the pits. And so I'm thinking about those dark places that people can go to. I'm thinking about the person who has recently lost a loved one. And you're experiencing a terrible season of grief. Like my brother, Mr. Ed, right here, lost his brother, buried him yesterday. I think of the person who has just got a really bad doctor's report. I think of the parents who are walking with a child through a difficult time in their life. I think of the spouse who has a mate with a, an addiction that is tearing the family apart. I think of the couple who, has been, who hasn't been able to have a child but only miscarriages. I think of the person who just lost their job. I think of the person who recently was betrayed by a friend. Those are dark pits of life. And you'll never fulfill God's destiny and God's vision for your life if you get stuck in the pit. And so how do you end up in life's pits? Well, sometimes you're thrown in into the pit by others, right? Remember Joseph? He was thrown in the pit by his own brothers. Sometimes you're thrown in the pit because of your own actions, your own decisions. You know, we don't know for sure, but it could be that Joseph ended up in the pit because he was too arrogant. In fact, in Genesis 37, 19, it says, they said to one another, here comes the dreamer. Now then come and let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. And we will say a wild beast devoured him. Then let us see what will become of his dreams. You can see the resentment. He must've been walking around. I had the dream. You're going to, you're going to serve me. I'm going to be your boss. I don't know. But I think maybe he might've ended up in the pit because of his own decisions. How many of you know sometimes we can end in the pit, not because somebody threw us in there, we slipped in ourselves. Because of our own choices, our own decisions, the Bible says, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. Amen. But the third thing is that sometimes we end up in the pit because of uncontrollable circumstances. The Bible tells us the reason Joseph was hated by his brothers was because his father showed favoritism. He showed favoritism towards Joseph. How many of you know that's an uncontrollable circumstance for Joseph? In Genesis 37, 3, it says, Now Israel loved Joseph more than all of his sons because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a very colored tunic. His brothers saw that their father loved him more than all of his brothers. And so they hated him and could not speak to him on friendly terms. So Joseph's father was the reason that his brothers hated him. That's not, Joseph, that's not in Joseph's control. He can't tell his dad how to treat the rest of his siblings. And so Joseph may have ended up in the pit because of his dad's actions, which is an uncontrollable circumstance. And you know what? Sometimes you and I end up in the pits of life by other people, by other decisions, by uncontrollable circumstances. But listen, regardless of why you may be in the, in the pit, you gotta know that God wants you to conquer that pit and he wants you to get out of that pit. Come on. There's a ladder in that pit. His name is Jesus and he'll get you out of that pit. Amen. 
How do you get out of the pit? Well, if you've been thrown in the pit by someone else's choices, you got to forgive them. And if you've gone into the pit because your own choices, you need to repent. Confess your sins to God. Ask him to forgive you. And you're on your way out of the pit. Amen. And then if you've been thrown in because of circumstances, cry out to God. God specializes in getting people out of the pits of life. Amen. Come on. How many of you can testify to that? God will get you out of the pit that you're in. But you got to get out of the pit. Our God is a God who delivers us from the deep, dark pits of life. Now listen, here's what we need to remember. People who conquer their God-given visions and dreams learn how to navigate life's dark pits. So let, let me kind of just make a practical illustration. If I have a vision for Tanya and I to have a great marriage, it doesn't mean just because I have a vision for it, it's going to happen. We're going to have some bumps in the way. In fact, I might be, or she might be, in a pit along the way. But if I don't get out of that pit, or if she doesn't get out of that pit, we're never going to have the kind of marriage and the vision that God wants us to have. Amen? We got to get out of that pit if we're going to have the kind of marriage. Listen, it's not going to do us any good staying in the pit and crying. Amen? Come on, we need to cry out to God and say, Lord, I need out of this pit because I have a vision. And it's to have a great marriage, Lord. And I need you to help me to conquer that vision and that dream for my life. Amen? Come on, if you receive that, say, I got it. The third and final step to conquering your vision is this. Learn to rely on God's favor instead of your own ability and strength. What is the favor of God? The favor of God is having the smile of God on your life. God's favor is receiving preferential treatment in life. It's having the supernatural edge. It's having doors open that shouldn't be open. Come on. It's having people like you that shouldn't even like you. When people like you, they don't even know you, and they like you. It's like, why you like me? You don't even know me. It's the favor of God. You know, for Christmas, I went to get some ice at one of those ice houses, and I'm trying to get my dollar bills to get the ice, and, you know, they're not taking it, spitting them back out, so I'm trying another one. And this guy pulls up, and he says, uh, I said, man, I'll be done in a minute. I'm trying to get this thing to take my dollar. Oh, here, try this. And he gives me a $5 bill. So I put it in there, and and uh, and boop, it just spits out a bag of ice. So I hand him my dollar bills and say, no, no, I don't want that. Don't I know you? I said, I don't know. Do you know me? He's like, wait a minute. Where you work at? I said, well, I worked down there at the church family. Oh, I was there for Christmas service. Oh, that was a great service, man. I enjoyed it. I said, well, here's some money, man. Oh, no, no, I want to bless you. And I just drove away, as small as a bag of ice, a dollar fifty. I just, I just received it as the favor of God. Come on, come on, are y'all with me out there? Come on, how many of you know you need the favor of God on your life? Amen. And so, listen, we need God's favor in our life if we are to conquer our God-given visions and dreams, right? You know why was Joseph? Joseph was sold into slavery. He was misunderstood. He was accused of something he didn't do, trying to rape a lady, thrown into the, he got thrown into the pit. He got thrown in the prison. He, 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 uh, he interpreted dreams. The guy that got out forgot about him for a while, but finally said, yeah, that dude over there, he's spiritually gifted. He got out of, ended up in the palace. How did that happen? It wasn't because he had so many gifts and talents. It was the favor of God on his life. That's what it was. In Genesis 39, 3, it says, and his master saw that the Lord 
Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Verse six says, and Joseph was a godly person and well favored. I want to be well favored. What about you? Amen. Are y'all with? Are y'all awake out there? Are y'all with me out there? Amen. So listen, we need God's favor in our life if we're to conquer God's vision for our life. Because the reality is we can't do it. Let me go back to the illustration. I want a great marriage. The reality is I can try as hard as I can, but I can't do it on my own. How many of you know I need God to give favor to Tanya, to be merciful, to forgive, to give me second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth chances? I need God to help me. Amen. Come on. Y'all say amen. Amen. We need God's favor. And so we say, God, I want this and I want that. Lord, I want to, I want you to use my life. I want a great ministry. We need God's favor for that to happen. Amen. So we need to daily ask God to give us favor on our life. If we're going to make a difference and if we're going to have a vision, see what's going to happen in your life in 2020. Is your life going to progress? It's going to get better. What about your family? What about your marriage? What about your relationship with your children? What about your work? What about your finances? Are you going to get better or further behind? What about, what about your relationships? What about your walk with God? What's your vision for your life? Are you anticipating and wanting something better than you have right now? I want to encourage you. Lift up your eyes. Look unto the hills where you, where your help comes from. The Lord's got a plan. He's got a great plan. He's got an awesome plan. He's got a wonderful plan. Lift up your eyes and just begin to believe that God doesn't want you to live by the voices of negativity in your life. Listen, your grandma might have said you're going to be a loser. Your teacher might have said you're going to be a loser. Your ex, whatever might have said, you're going to be a loser. But I'm trying to tell you right now, you are not a loser. You're not a failure. God has given you supernatural grace, supernatural strength. There's nothing you can't do. There's nobody that can stop you. If God is on your side, the God who created the universe, is there anything in this world that can stop you and God from going and doing whatever God wants you to do? The answer is no, nothing. Amen. Nothing. Amen. And you might be in a pit right now, and I don't want to diminish, I don't want to belittle, and I don't want to make light of your pit. I just want to encourage you today. Everybody will experience a pit. Everybody's going to go through pits sometimes. People throw us in a pit. Sometimes we slide in the pits because of our own choices and decisions. Sometimes we have circumstances we have no control over. But I want you to know that God is the God that can get you out of the pit. Begin to cry out to him and say, Lord, I want out of this pit and I want to re- I want to fulfill the destiny that you have for my life. Amen. Once you stand with me, praise the Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I want you to just close your eyes for just a moment. And I want you to just take a moment right now before we leave this place. I want to pray for you this morning. Because there may be some of you in this here this morning. I can't believe that I still remember some of the words that were spoken to me whenever I was a child at school. And whenever I was growing up in the neighborhood. That's how powerful negative words are. 
And I believe that the Lord wants to cancel those words spoken over your life. We need a, we need to put a quick end to them this morning in the name of Jesus. We need to cancel those words. Words are powerful and we want, we need to cancel them. We need to cancel those words. And maybe there's a voice inside of you that says, Oh, Todd, don't be, don't get too excited. Don't, don't, don't be too excited about 2020. It's just going to be another year. And maybe you got those negative voices on the inside of you and say, it's just going to be another humdrum year. It's just going to be another, it's just going to be another, just a hard year. Come on. Can I encourage you today? Why don't you silence that voice right now and just break that crit, that criticism, that critical spirit that is trying to rise up on the inside of you. And why don't you just begin to believe God's word? You can do all things through Christ. Who strengthened? I got a plan for you, saith the Lord. I want to pray for you this morning. Come on, maybe this morning. You just need vision. You need God to give you vision. Maybe you haven't been anticipating. You haven't been expecting. Would you do me a favor and just, just lift your hand if you say, Todd, I fit the bill of one of those things. I want you to pray for me. Just lift your hands and I want to pray. I want to pray for you right now. Father, I pray for every person in this auditorium, every person that's lifting their hand. Lord, I know that there's some people that are dealing with the voices of negativity and there's some that are in a pit. Lord, I believe that today, Lord, that when we cry out to you, as the psalmist said, I cried unto the Lord and he heard my prayer and he delivered me. Lord, I'm believing that this morning, Father, that Lord, some people in this room are crawling out of their pit. They're coming out of that despair and that discouragement and that depression. Lord, they're, they're coming out this morning. And Lord, they're beginning to be filled with excitement and joy, Father God, as you touch their lives. And Lord, I know there's people in here that Lord want favor on their life, want greater favor, that don't want to depend on their ability and their and their, their strength and their wisdom and their knowledge. They want the favor of God. Come on, if that's you, just lift your hand. I want to pray this morning in the name of Jesus, that Lord, you would release great favor over this house right now. Lord, I pray that doors would begin opening, that relationships would begin connecting. Lord, I'm believing that, Lord, things will begin happening in their life this year. Lord, even though they've re Lord, they've hit closed door after closed door, I'm believing today that the favor of God is opening up those doors. And Lord, they're walking in to new dimensions of destiny and fulfillment and blessing in their life. Lord, I stir my faith for them today to believe that 2020 will be a mighty and a magnificent and a glorious year in Jesus name in Jesus name now you just keep your heads bowed for just one more second because you see you can't have the favor of God until you are in relationship with God Psalm 512 says for it is you who blesses the righteous man Oh, Lord, you surround him with favor as with a shield. It's the righteous man and woman that receives the favor of God. It's the ones that walk uprightly. You know what righteousness means? It means your sins have been forgiven. God has clothed you with his clothe of righteousness. Maybe this morning you've never really felt righteous. You never felt like you were worthy of receiving the favor and the blessing of God. And I want to encourage you, the righteousness get blessed. 
to have the righteousness of Christ, you just need to surrender your heart. You need to ask the Lord to forgive you. Everybody has to start there. Maybe you thought you were just coming to church service today. Maybe God has a plan way beyond what you ever thought. Maybe today he wants you to just connect with him. It's an intimate, personal relationship with the Lord. You can't have the favor of God until you're in relationship with God. With everybody's heads bowed, I want to ask you today, if you say, Todd, I don't know for sure that I'm a Christian, but I want you to pray for me today. I'm ready to serve the Lord. I want God's grace in my life. Would you pray for me? I'm ready to give my life to Him. Just raise your hand. Just lift your hand so I can see it. I see your hand right over here. I see your hand over here, right here, ma'am. I see your right over here I see just hold your hand up and say that's me that's me right here sir I see your hand anywhere else come on just lift your hand now listen we're all going to pray together and I want you to just pray this prayer I see your hand sir right here let's pray this prayer together and say Lord Jesus thank you for dying on the cross for shedding your blood so I can be delivered from the voices of negativity thank you Lord Jesus for dying on the cross so I can be lifted out of the pit. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that I'm free today. I am free to walk in the favor of God. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to cleanse me. I ask you to wash me. Lord, purify my heart. I'm ready to give my life to you. Lord, I repent of all my sins. I ask you to forgive me. And I ask you to receive me into your family. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Now, congregation, let me ask you. If we ask the Lord to forgive us, does the Lord forgive us? Yes, he does. Amen. So be confident. If you pray that prayer, there's a card in the pew that says, I made a decision. If you'll take a second to fill that out, we got a gift for you. We have a Bible. We're not going to harass you, go to your house or anything. We just want to know by name who you are so we can pray for you by name. And we want to give you some tools to help you get started. Amen. Come on. How many of you have a vision for your life? How many of you have a vision for your life? Come on. How many of you have? Listen. Some people don't have a vision. Sit by yourself and say, Lord, give me a vision for 2020. Lord, what can, what can I change this year? Lord, what's in your heart? What's your passion? What's your burden? What's your dream? And just ask the Lord to help you to fulfill that vision. Father, I pray your grace and favor on each person here. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing upon this congregation. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, Jesus Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. You have a wonderful weekend.